0: This is episode nine of Lymphedema Podcast. Welcome back for another episode of Lymphedema Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you all to Judy Woodward. Judy Woodward was born with lymphedema due to a vascular malformation called klippel trenaunay syndrome. Like many with lymphedema, she went untreated as a child and then undertreated for the next decade into adulthood. Often hearing the phrase from doctors, there's nothing we can do. You will just have to live with it. Judy was fortunate along the way to find the National Lymphedema Network and an MLD therapist in Dallas, where she received proper treatment and compression, opening up possibilities for an active life and future of health. As a former art director in advertising, Judy volunteers for many creative projects, anything from prop building to choreography to graphic design. Along with her engineer-turned-entrepreneur husband of almost 30 years, They are raising two daughters and enjoy traveling and the arts. After years of MLD and compression, she is thrilled to now be playing tennis on a team. Judy's life has been blessed, despite the struggles of lymphedema. It's filled with faith, love, and insight. She is a member of the National Lymphedema Network's Lymph Science Advocacy Program and looks forward to employing her creative skills to solve problems and build awareness for the lymphedema community. She is also a board member of the Lymphedema Advocacy Group. Hey, Judy, welcome to the podcast. Oh, hey, great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being on with us. So I want to point out real quick to the audience that my connection with you is that I have served or volunteered in Washington, D.C. to help advocate for the Lymphedema Treatment Act. So I... um, was so impressed by your leadership skills and your organization for the Texas team that I just knew whenever I was on the topic of the Lymphedema Treatment Act that I wanted to have you on. So I really appreciate you agreeing to being here today.
1: Oh, great. I'm so glad you thought of me. I, I remember also how much fun we had in D.C. I'm so glad that I can help you as you try to get the word out about lymphedema. Thanks. So this month is Lymphedema
0: Awareness Month, and Wednesday, March 6th, is World Lymphedema Day. So today's podcast focus is on advocacy for lymphedema. So I want to start first with what's your role within the
1: Lymphedema Advocacy Group? Well, I am. I serve on the board of the Lymphedema Advocacy Group. I um, am technically the chair of awareness at this time, which means that I'm helping just get the word out in kind of a communications way. I've been with the group for about five years.
0: And I would like to point out to anyone listening that a lot of the graphic um, design is a lot of your work, correct?
1: Yes. Um, much of it, not all of it, but much of it is. And I've also, i found, if I couldn't do it, I found an artist to, to help help us. Um, so, yes, that's been a, one of the gratifying things about Working with the group, I've kind of been able to use my skills and background as they've needed it. Well, one of my favorite pieces of
0: work of yours is the Not One Disease poster. I keep it up on my desk and I try to have it, you know, in front of everyone's eyesight when they come into the clinic because they'll read and they say, well, I didn't know that was associated with lymphedema too. So I really enjoy that one. It's one of my favorites.
1: Oh, that's good to hear. Um, I'll also just share it wasn't just me that's a team effort too it's like I I was able to help kind of direct that one and we also had a team over at um, the other group that one of the manufacturers they had they volunteered some of their team to help us with that as well to do some of the work, and then it was that was a collaborative effort and of course we had our medical advisor and people giving the facts and figures. And so it's fun to be part of a team effort like that.
0: So for you um, being so involved with the lymphedema advocacy group, you probably know a whole lot about y'all's project, the lymphedema treatment act. Um, For anyone listening who may not be familiar, can you explain what the lymphedema treatment act is?
1: All right. Well, the lymphedema treatment act is a bill in Congress that has, um, the purpose of the bill is to provide for Medicare coverage for doctor-prescribed compression supplies, and because currently Medicare does not cover the compression supplies, which is the key cornerstone of treatment for lymphedema patients, and it will also serve to just enable patients to maintain their overall health on a long-term basis, and it reduces the health care costs associated with disease that can come from complications
0: last year was a pivotal year for the lymphedema treatment act can you explain why
1: well yes I mean last year each year actually that we've been in Congress our bill has increased in its support and it's a very good story um, and it's um, apparently as we've learned it's not it's not an easy thing to do to get co-sponsors and get support in Congress um, and so over the years, it actually started back with this particular bill almost nine years ago. And each year, we've gained more and more co-sponsors. Last year, at the end of the year, we actually had were the top-supported health care bill in all of Congress um, with, um, what was it, 351 um, co-sponsors total. It was bicameral, bipartisan, included people from all 50 states. This is 84% support of Congress. So that was a big year. Um, however, I mean, our goal is to pass the bill. So we did not pass it, but it was really good and we're really poised to um, have more success in this coming Congress.
0: So last September, a lymphedema directive was included in the appropriations minibus that was passed. Can you explain... Um, how this helps to elevate us in this next tier?
1: Yes, we did get passage of um, report language that included our, our issue about um, getting Medicare coverage for um, Medicare for, uh, in the CMS department. So the report language was actually was written so that it was a guide. It guided CMS and encouraged them to cover the cost of compression supplies now it was not a directive and mandate so we stopped short of having the effect of making them do it but apparently in congress this is a very good thing it's a very big step that both the house and senate passed this language um, and that really helps us in a number of ways it helps uh, from what we've learned that in the future, that sets you up for the next appropriations year, where you could get a more, a stronger directive. And it also, as you're going and asking for, for passage of the bill, in a, in a larger uh, vehicle or even as a standalone bill, it gives it a lot of weight to it. That's like we can point to, see we had this much support over appropriations, who are, you know, very highly respected committee, and so it, it's a very big plus for our bill
0: has the, I know that in the past, whenever we were in the orientation part of the lobby days, they would talk about the ways and means committee has the ways and means committee met on this, this particular um, piece of legislation
1: Um, on this year or it was last year, last, last last year. they have been the Ways and Means Committee. Um, Dave Reichert, who was the um, lead sponsor for the bill, he, he serves in the Ways, Committee, w- Ways and Means Committee. And they were taking the primary role um, for this bill. And they were trying trying to get it passed, but they were also simultaneously trying to work with CMS directly and see if they would just um, enact this measure regular and then just straightforward and regulatorily um when they felt like that, they had exhausted most every channel there. They really put more effort into then passing it toward the end of the year. And they just it really ran out of time. But we were able to meet with their committee, their health committee, and really um, get into a lot of the details they have done, taken some more steps. I mean, they're very serious about it. We're very encouraged by that. Um, and I think... And this coming Congress, we are there's been a flip. and but that is um, actually doesn't present a problem It might be an advantage in some ways. So, as we've seen things just move forward and those conversations we had just continue, um and I think we learned a lot from that. I, I just feel like every step we've taken has set us up for the chances of getting a very good bill because I think what we've learned is there's the devils in the details, and, we don't just want to pass any bill. We don't want to just pass this no matter what. We want to make sure that that as this bill is enacted, that we have CMS is knowledgeable about what we're attending, that they've put some thought into it, that it can be written and implemented with patients in mind, and that we get an outcome that is really beneficial for everyone. And
0: this year, what's the current state of the LTA?
1: Okay, well, this year... We are pleased to announce that we are—we have a Senate bill introduced as of a, I guess, a week or so ago. Um, it's Senate Bill 518. Because you know, every every two years there's a new congressional session, and this year's session, we had to reintroduce the bill. We did not change anything except, I think, a an implementation date. It was a minor detail. So we were able to introduce that. We have our Senate bill is led by Senator Cantwell again and co-led with new senator, um, new to the lead uh, is Senator Young from Indiana. And he is on the Senate Finance Committee. It's very good. And so the two of them have really been a good team and they have um, are very excited about it. We also, at the same time we introduced that bill, we also had 30, original sponsors that joined in. And it's from many states. And I encourage everyone to look at our website and see if your senator is one of those uh, co-sponsors. You should probably go in there and thank them. We have our phone numbers listed on the website. It's really great news. And um, it's a very bipartisan list, almost equal. And Democrats, Republicans, Arkansas has both senators on already. So does Oklahoma, Mississippi. Um, Uh, Alaska. So uh, just go ahead and check it out. It's really good news for us.
0: That is really good news.
1: The House side, we are on the verge of of introducing that bill. We have, you know, a new lead sponsor because our champion from last year, Representative Reichert, has retired. But in place, um, Representative Jan Schakowsky, and she is teaming up with Um, Blumenauer from Ways and Means, she's on the Energy and Commerce Committee, and we will have um, two more Republicans that are going to come forward on that. Um, I think that as soon as we get that figured out finally, um, actually one of them on Ways and Means will be Representative Kelly from Pennsylvania, where I used to live in that district when I was little, so that's really kind of nice for me. Um, And we are still about to have the fourth person, Republican, from the uh, Committee on Energy and Commerce. So just in a few weeks, that should be done. How can someone become an advocate for the LTA? Well, it's very easy. Um, Really, the best way to do it is just to go on our website and look and see what interests you. Um, We've got on the left side of our website, you'll see a whole list of things. You could go on the site and, and it's absolutely free um, to just join as a state team member. You can write your story. You can pick numerous things to do. If you would rather just make phone calls, there's a list of, of the offices you can call from. You can write emails and you can go in there. If you click on that on the selection, it says write an email. It will walk you through um, how to do that. And it's kind of an automated process. And, or you can just go directly to your representative's website and go through that direction. And then you can go to our lobby days we're having in May. There are quite a few things you can do. You can can be as involved as you want to. You could sign up for a newsletter and just receive information without having to do anything at first or just hear about it. Um, It's really up to you. It's very easy.
0: You saying all of that reminds me about when I was first certified as a lymphedema therapist I was just hungry for information. I was just trying to learn more about lymphedema. I wanted to learn more about how other people were approaching it, what was being done in other places. And I remember stumbling upon the Lymphedema Treatment Act. And I did, like you said, I just filled out um, the very easy forms to contact my representatives, to become a Texas team member. And before I knew it, I was signed up for lobby days. And I was like, I'm doing this. I'm going to get up there and we're going to get this done. And I think I I remember leaving and I was like, oh, we didn't get it. And I just, I think I thought we were going to run in there and like riot the Capitol. And they're going to be like, yes, (laughs) here you go. You can have compression for everyone. But yeah, there's a lot more to it. Yeah,
1: so it's I'm... really been yeah, it's eye opening, and you are such an inspiration because you are the one of the most enthusiastic <laughs> advocates we've ever had, um, and I just love it. I mean, your curiosity is awesome, and I mean, just all the patients ought to know out there that that having a therapist like you in in our midst is so wonderful to have someone that's so willing to just learn and do something different and new, and and just really, you know. It's a creative, I think, area because there's so many ways to approach helping people, and I really appreciate all that you do just professionally, and then to just be putting your extra time in as an advocate.
0: Oh, you're welcome. It makes it great. Yeah. And I'm excited to come back for my third year. I saw the email um, that the dates are going to be announced for May. Um, yeah. What would you say to someone listening today that, me- that might be interested in attending Lobby Days this
1: May? Okay. Well, yes, it would be, I would really recommend doing it. If you're able to do it, it's, I would say go online and look at our website. I don't think the current where we are, we're announcing it. You can kind of read about right now on the website. It talks about people's experiences, kind of gives their little quotes of their good experiences they have, but they also, we also have training that as we announce the dates more and start opening registration, they will be, um, training seminars ahead of time there will be you know just more information so you might feel comfortable about it there's we have a hotel where we all stay together out by the airport in dc it's easy to kind of get we have a meal how it works is we fly in usually on a sunday and if you want to fly in earlier and make a little tour out of dc you can do that and then sunday evening we usually have a welcome kind of kickoff dinner there might be some just give a little history about what we're doing and our plan for the next day. And we kind of get to m- meet each other. And I, I think that's one of the best things about lobby days just on a personal level. It's just the opportunity to meet other people that have your condition. I know I felt really isolated a lot in my life. Didn't really share you know, so much of the time what I had because, you know, it's like not many people have it and, you know, it's just, it's kind of a downer. Sometimes it didn't really, want to keep bringing that up and um so this is a way that you, know, you really all are, you can just meet people it's very you know good personally just to connect with other people who have your condition and then you meet people from different states and and then learn about how our government works it's very interesting and yeah I was like you too I thought oh we'll just go up there and knock this out and here I am you know five years later but um it's it's It makes you appreciate the good side of our government. You can't just go in there and do something nutty. I mean, they're really, you have to have your act together. You have to make a good case for what you're doing. And I respect that. It's also frustrating because it's such a common sense thing. It's like, why is not this already done? And you learn that there's so many other things out there that are, people are trying to do just like our thing. And then you realize how much, how, what a good case we've made. And it makes you appreciate all of the work that's gone before us and Um, it's just it's very eye-opening so I I recommend it I think um, you can always reach out to any of us for questions about how it works
0: I really I enjoyed my time and I think like I had already mentioned before I had this false idea of other than just going in and rioting the Capitol and getting everyone to sign the petition or whatever I thought in my mind we were going to be doing um yeah. I thought it'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to the Smithsonian and then I'll go see Lincoln Memorial and then I may have a meeting and then I may go back, visit another museum or something, but it is 100% not like that. If you're going to do any sightseeing, you <laughs> do either or after. <laughs> yes, yeah. you're either coming early or you're staying late because once you've walked 40,000 steps all over that capital, you are wiped out at the end of the night. Um, yeah. But in a good way, you you feel accomplished and you feel just excited for the
1: cause. Right. And it's great. It's a great way to just have your voice and have, have your say, because a lot of what you do at the meetings, what we try to do, they're short that they, you can't take up a lot of time for these offices, but we try to give time, set it up. So you have about 15 minutes. And if you're, you know, in the room with these staffers, usually you don't meet the congressperson directly, but sometimes we do, and you share with them. They really are great listeners, and for the most part, I mean, it's just very um, helpful to be able to share your story or hear other people's story, and just to be able to say that to your representative and have that on record, and it's, it's, you know, it's, there's, there's no downside of getting an opportunity to just speak up for yourself, and, you know, it's just, it sounds corny but there's not many countries in the world where you can do this right and it's it's just it kind of makes you feel like wow it's not such a bad thing so um i think you know i think it's a great process just to experience just to go through
0: march 6th is world lymphedema day and because lymphedema is affecting people all over the world there are advocates and organizations working hard to bring public awareness to this disease How can the listeners of Lymphedema Podcast advocate for the LTA,
1: This World Lymphedema Day? Well, I think that, of course, going to our website is great. You can pick and choose what you want to do there. And I think look at other groups because there are some groups um, that are focusing on research and some might have a local event that they're doing um, in your town. Um, You can pass out information for um, our bill, too. There's one of the other things you can do is uh, we, we if you sign. If there's a place you can look and they have forms, like just um, some printed forms, informational forms. You can put them in your. Most doctors' offices don't mind if you give them to them and they'll set them out. Um, um, lots of people do that, and you can just mention your condition to other people. Just get a little bit more open about what you have. You never know someone else might have this condition and and because you shared your uh, shared it with them there they might say my aunt has that i never knew that was called lymphedema um it's you know that's a great thing you can do and i think um you can also if you know any local media you could ask if they could do a story or write a letter to the editor um and and also we're also doing some fundraising to offset costs i mean if you wanted to just donate, if that's what you're, you know, able to do, you can go to our website. There's a big donate, donate button and we'll be having a March Madness um, event coming up in March too. We'll announce that for Lymphedema Month. So they can, so if you would like to donate, you can just help us offset the cost for Lobby Days. Those are my main suggestions. Awesome. Those are great. Thank you.
0: So Judy, thank you so much for being such a good guest today. I really appreciate all your information and expertise um, on the Lymphedema Treatment Act, but mostly your work that you're doing behind the scenes and all the hours you're putting in. So I really appreciate you and just want to say thank you from all of us from the lymphedema community.
1: Oh, well, you're so welcome. And if I didn't say it, the dates are set for March or May 5th through 7th for the lobby days. So if you're listeners want to know that. But I am so happy that you've thought of me and I appreciate you um, letting me have my voice today.
0: You are welcome. So for the rest of the listeners who aren't aware of Clipwell Trenene or even Judy's personal story, Um, I'm going to put a link up to her story on the website. You'll be able to see that after or before you listen to the podcast. But it's going to be on there for you guys to read more about her and just see her experience and how um, she has gotten to where she is today. So, Judy, I look forward to seeing you in May 5th through 7th in D.C. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. Mother Teresa says, Loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you've enjoyed learning more about the Lymphedema Treatment Act and ways to advocate for World Lymphedema Day. Email me with your story if you would like to share podcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.